Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the DC Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Hi, everybody. It's the Endless Honeymoon Podcast, and we're back once again. Hi, Natasha. Hi, Moshe. How you doing? I'm good. I'm getting ready for our 14-day camping trip with our baby. I'm excited. Are you? Yeah. How much camping is... Because you just got back from Burning Man. Yeah. And now we're going on this camping trip and then I'm flying home when we get to Denver with the baby and then you're going on another two-week camping trip with your mom. Uh, Yeah. That's intense. I'm excited about it though. That's a lot of camping. Yeah, but I just feel so sickened by society. I feel like the only solution is to leave it. That's kind of true. It's really how I feel. I feel. But like- we, we still have our phones. I know. We're going to bring a little little bit of society with us. But the phones are the main issue. That's where like all of the emotion comes from like downloading this information into your brain. Yeah. You're just going to be like in some like beautiful pine setting doing that. <laughs> don't you think? Well, hopefully it'll have some restorative effects on me. Yeah, hopefully they don't have, you know, good internet access. And I did just come back of... from Burning Man. You want to hear the, f- we used to do this uh, fight of the week thing. Do you want to hear, I got into a fight there. You got into a fight. Oh, right. I'm still a little confused if Old Mosh came out. Oh, Old Mosh came out in a big way. Ooh. It was, uh, I was going to this uh, particular camp called Golden Guy. And it, it was actually kind of a cool camp. It was a um, like a replica of a street in Tokyo where they have like a bunch of little teeny micro bars, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, why are you looking at me like that? I'm just listening. Your listening face was thinking, it was looking like you're a dork. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I've just like, you know, throughout the years, I've I've learned how to do this like kind of pleasant smile. (laughs) 
when people are saying things you're bored by? Yes. <laughs> well, why am I telling this fucking story then? No, no. I, I just, the details of it, I got a little lost in. But I, hadn't even, in- I told one detail. <laughs> I started the first detail. I was like, it's a replica of a Tokyo street. You're like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So you're, you're Look, on I don't this have replica. To tell this story. No, tell me what happened. Get to the juice. Everyone wants to know. How did old Moshe emerge? What happened? Well, I was par- it was a bunch of little bars and I was parking my bicycle, right? Mm-hmm. I was having a great night actually. I was really like feeling like a really good. You know, this is my 20th time at Burning Man. 20 times I've been there. And at a certain point the magic can kind of wear off a little bit, you mm-hmm. know? But this night I was feeling For me it happened immediately. <laughs> 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 like the second I got there, I'm like Oh yeah, I do ha- I did get sent this picture of Natasha recently from my friend who I go to Burning Man with and it's like the ult- the ultimate event at the event at, at Burning Man is like the is the burn itself and the the most solemn what they do they burn the man on Saturday night there's fireworks and stuff but then on Sunday night is this like beautiful solemn burning ceremony of this thing they call the temple where everybody goes and they leave mementos to the people that they've lost in the year past and you know the burning uh, during the man burn like there's tons of music and fireworks and partying and revelry and during the temple burn no one plays music everybody's totally silent as this beautiful homage to our pain and suffering and loss is burned and i got sent this picture from the temple burn the last year natasha went and it was like all of me and my friends staring with this look of like you know just like reverence and and honor to the what was happening and then natasha is in the middle and she's in like a little cute like uh, like mod dress like totally out of place she could be walking down like the streets of soho in london and the look on her face is the look she just gave me while i was telling the detail about golden guy it just couldn't be more get me the fuck out of here <laughs> that's not true i did go three times did you enjoy it once well i never had that feeling that when people like talk about it like you know people go there and truly get affected a lot of your friends me. a lot of my friends me a lot of people yeah you i just I, it's like I don't know. I'm not feeling it. I you don't need to feel it. it's not. But for I every- enjoyed parts of it. It's not for everybody. It I just get wasn't that. something that was like transformative. But you did say that the primary reason you were excited to have a baby was you would have an excuse to no longer have to attend. <laughs> <laughs> but then you started talking about maybe going to a camp with the baby. Yeah. What do you think of that? I I can't really think about that right now. Okay. Anyway. Let's talk about it in three years. All right. So, so tell me what happened. So I'm pulling up on this golden guy thing. I'm excited. I'm feeling a little bit of the magic that's very difficult to come by at 20 years in. I'm parking my bike and this guy walks up to walks up to me and my friend. He goes, "Are you guys coming or going?" All right. And I say, "Oh, we're actually co- we're actually coming in." And he goes, "Would you mind moving your bikes in?" And I'm like, "Sure." And he goes, "Cause they're halfway in the fucking street." Now at this point, old motion like perked his little ears up he's like did he just say he just say halfway in the fucking street so i'm like uh okay well you know they're not halfway in the street but i'm happy to move them and the guy gets in like runs into my face what do you think i should have done well here's the thing just because he corrected you you then like got like amped no i said little i said little old mosh perked his ears up Right, or you were like upset. You you had the need to correct him. To so say so, they're not in the fucking street. Whereas, like, I would just be like, "Thanks." Why would I want to interact with that person? I don't know, but he was interacting with me. I never start anything. I'm just fucking locking my bike up. I know, but he said they're in the fucking street, and you said, "Well, they're not in the fucking street." I didn't say fucking. 
Or you said, well, they're not in the street, but I will move them. I go, well, they're not in the street, but I'll move them. I said it like that, more Jewish. Well, they're not in the street. But here's (laughs) here's the thing. Someone who acts like that, is that's like a flag to not interact with them. And by saying something like that to them, correcting them, you're only going to inflame their ego. Okay, so then what happened? No, you're right, you're right. Then what happened? Because for old Moshe, it's a flag to definitely interact with them hardcore. (laughs) So he got in my face. He was like in my space, like way in it, like up in my grill. and Screaming? No, just he like took this big, bold step into my personal space. He's like, oh, they're not, huh? Oh my God. I would do anything for that to never happen to me. <laughs> well, I didn't do anything. I was just fucking... This is what I would have said to the man. So sorry. You would have said sorry? I don't know. Anything to make him go away. I know, but I can't. At that point, I'm you already... want him. You want to talk to that person? I'm seeing red because I've been disrespected. <laughs> you know? Okay, so he gets Magic's in your gone. Face. He's in He's my yelling. face. So what do you think I said? I don't know. Just guess. Think about it. Someone's in. Get out of my face. Get out of my face. That's right. That's what I said. I didn't say sir either. He didn't deserve the honorific. So you just said get. I was like, how 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 loud were you saying it? I was like, you're in my space, dude. You need to get out of my face right now. And how many people are watching? Nobody yet. (laughs) Nobody yet. This is so preventable. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you should come to Burning Man so you can help me not get into these situations. Although I do get into a situation when old Moshe is really rearing his ugly head where Natasha will be like grabbing my arm. I'll be like, don't get, get off my arm. <laughs> I'm like already, I'm, I'm gone. You don't seem to understand that I'm not, do, I, I don't do this because I think to myself, I'm about to do this. I'm already doing it. Oh, you don't even have a beat? No. Oh, that's sad. It, sad? <laughs> no, I just mean like testosterone. It I mean that sucks. It's it is testosterone and it fucking sucks. Cuz I ar- just don't have that. I'm, I'm like already thinking 50 times ahead of everything. Because you're you're damn right. Like when I do crowd work and somebody heckles me, the only time I'm not funny in that situation is when they make me angry. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? When I'm bad, then I'm going like, "Well, you just you know, you, you know, you need to fuck off or whatever." But if I'm like thinking they're a joke, then I'm like clowning on him and the whole crowd is with me. So I need to treat it like that. What I should have done is just made fun of the guy and left. No, you should not have made <laughs> yeah, fun of you're him. Wrong. If you made fun of him, you might have made it. You don't think he would have gotten in your face if you made fun of him? I should have been like, when he got in my face, I should have been like, are you trying to fuck? So then how did it end? He gets in my face. I say, get out of my face. And then conflict ensues you know we start just going back and forth and at a certain point he started it but then at a certain point he changed tactics which is kind of funny because at a certain point he wanted to provoke me and he fucking provoked me i was provoked right and then what was funny is the minute i started kind of getting really aggro on him you know calling him like you're like a, i don't know calling him names and stuff he uh he switched his tactics which is a very classic thing to do from aggressor to Okay, man, are you done? Do you need or do you need anything else? I'm going to hear you. I, I want you to get this out of your system. Get this out of your system, right? And now it's like you started the shit. No, it's not out of my system, motherfucker. You want to fight? Like you want to argue? We're arguing, right? So we're going back and forth. He's screaming. I'm screaming, blah, blah, blah. Finally, there is a crowd that kind of gathers. You know what I mean? People are coming. They're kind of dragging him away. My brother comes over. He's trying to like, and finally the guy walks away and he's just like, I hope you got everything you needed out of your system. I was like, yeah, I think I did. It was just to let you know you're a little old bitch and he walks away and this guy walks over and he goes oh my god that was so intense anyway i'm a huge fan man really fan, <laughs> fan of your comedy you're natasha Legero's husband huh i love the podcast and walked out and i go Thanks. i go i go please don't tell anybody you saw this 
Honey, thank God that happened at the end because until that part of the story, he won. <laughs> I don't win any of them. I never win. You can't win. It's loser behavior. It's loser behavior. It's impossible to win when you're and in a fight. And then when he switched to... Because when he switched tactics, he kind of got you. Oh, fuck <laughs> off, man. The only way to... He was like, hey, man, I don't know why you're so angry. And you're like, what? You can't stop talking like that now? You already established that we're screaming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're an asshole. <laughs> the only way to win in a situation like that is to avoid it entirely, make fun of the person, or punch him in the face. And it's like none of those are win. I guess make fun of the person is a big win. Honey, when you start punching people in the face or... <laughs> We're probably going to break up. I'm not going to tell you. If I knock somebody out at Burning Man, you don't think I'm going to come home and, t- and tell you about it? I'm going to keep it to myself. Uh, someone else is going to tell me. and then... Nobody's going to tell you. I got people that keep my secrets. You think I don't have secrets at Burning Man? It's Burning Man, for God's sake. It's not just about fighting. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's That's take right. some calls. I made love to a man. Let's take a call. Okay, our first caller tonight is Sarah from New York City. Hello? Hey, Sarah. Hi. Hi. It's Moshe and Natasha. How you doing? <laughs> Hello, I'm doing great. How about yourself? Oh, we're great. We're just grooving with our dogs right now. Natasha's petting a dog. She's a little stoned. Life is good. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sarah, uh, what's what's up with you? Okay, so I just moved to New York from Texas, and I'm in need of some dating advice because I grew up in a, like, super religious household until I was old as time, and when I went to college, I, like, Did you just, I just bu- was wait, kind of a part of... Can I cut you off there? Did you just bust into Beauty and the Beast in the middle of your uh, story? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that is what I just see. Okay, what, what, what kind of religious uh, background do you have? Well, I grew up Catholic, but in my late teens, I, I kind of became part of a, for lack of a better word, a cult. <laughs> like, oh. very strict, very misogynistic, very outdated unifiers, whatever you use the term, rules. Wait, what's a unifier? Uh, what's Oh, that's what a rule ruled. is? Oh, shit. Yeah. Tell us about yeah. the unifiers. Oh, my gosh. They were bad. I mean, there were kind of some of your really obvious ones, like no two-piece swimsuits because you don't want to, like you know, cause anybody to stumble. Oh, yeah, that's um, an obvious one, all right. <laughs> yeah, an obvious one. Um, was there a leader? Yeah, it was a. there was a full staff, and I was actually sat down by the staff when I, like, first started dating a guy, and they, like, kind of broke us up. Like, it was just all very based on religion, and it was just very misogynistic, and, like, to be in, empowered was, like, as a woman was, like, not a huge part of it. It was just kind of, like, you need to find a husband, is this like an offshoot of Mormonism? <laughs> Why would you guess that? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to understand it. I mean, it was all based on like the way they were interpreting the Bible and like what they thought the, the right way to go about it was. Um, and so you I were mean, so you the, were dating somebody and they told you he was the wrong. Why, why didn't they want you to marry that guy? A missionary abroad. And I was like not interested in moving to another country. So they're like, I don't think y'all can be together because you clearly like don't have the same faith as him. The term equally yoked. We equally, yoked. <laughs> <laughs> equally yoked. 
I, see, whatever you do, do not say that in New York. <laughs> oh, I, for me, equally yoked it, from my background means when you're at the gym and you look over and there's a guy that's got the exact same body as you. Um, wait, wait Moshe, are we equally only. yoked? Are you and I? What do you think, Sarah? Do you think Natasha and I are equally yoked? Yeah, sure. <laughs> that sounds like a no. <laughs> okay, so 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 I understand. Did you get into this cult be- through the guy that you were unequally yoked with? <laughs> no, no, that was um, no. He was a part of the cult as well. I kind of like met him once I started going more and more. I mean, like most cults, I suppose it starts with just like a um, just a come to this Bible study, and then soon it was like all my time was spent there. All my friends oh, were wow. in that. I was always taught like what makes something a cult is that there's like a a person in charge, like a supreme leader who fucks the women eventually. (laughs) And then that they try to they usually want some kind of money. And then also they want to keep you away from your friends and family. Did any of that stuff happen? Yes. Yes, there was definitely money involved. Um, The way they framed it was like, well, we spend all of our time like serving the Lord. So we don't have time for a job. And so, like, if you want to, if you really support God and you support, like, the mission that we are pursuing right now, you will help pay for us to live oh, without a job. Oh, shit. I got to get on that. That sounds cool. I did that <laughs> I did that on an individual basis with a woman that I dated once, but it was just a one-on-one situation. Wait, your life is so fascinating. I mean, this is obviously something we would like to talk to you about forever, but so what is the issue? So yeah, what's you, your question? You have obviously a very unique background. Yeah, so I... I'm like, since then I've formed my own opinions. I consider myself like more well-adjusted and empowered, but the... You can laugh at what happened. Yeah, wait, wait. I have two questions before we get into your question. First, wait, (laughs) I'm sorry to go backwards, but I'm curious. You and this unequally yoked guy who's off (laughs) saving souls in uh, Paraguay or whatever right now, did you guys hook up? We would sometimes kiss. Like, make out a little bit, but that's as far as it went. He was probably so ashamed of himself. Yeah, Moshe, this is bad. If he would, like, get a boner, he would, like, kind of blame me. He'd be like, you've been, you're leading me on. Like, you're you're leading me astray. I'm like, okay, it's not my fault. That's funny, though. And also, anyone who ever uses the word astray, just don't hang out with them. Oh, man, that is funny. He's like. That's true. That's a red flag on the own. He's like, my penis has become yoked. I don't like this at all. <laughs> okay, my second question is, before we get into your advice, how did you leave the okay. cult? How did you make, how did you make your, a clean break? And also, so, what's up with your family? <laughs> um, okay, so my, so I left to go to nursing school. So I transferred schools and everybody was like, oh, like, you can still keep up with us. You can still send us money. Like, <laughs> you can still follow the newsletters and stuff. But just leaving and moving to another state, like, starting a, you know, going to nursing school, it's like a lot of older people in the class and stuff. So it's just like a shift in perspective. Got it. So you um, just had, you had a moment of clarity when you left the geographic zone of the cult and you were like, oh, my God, what am I doing? Yeah. Got it. Okay. Exactly. So, okay, now we're caught up. What is your question? Okay, so... My question is that, is it realistic to think I can, like, explain this to someone I want to date casually? Because I feel like I'm kind of stunted in my, like, dating, and especially in sex. Like, for me, that is just, like, I don't have a ton of experience with it. Like, my views on it, I've had to, like, really change over the last couple of years because I've, like, had so much, like, shame and guilt and, like, embarrassment surrounding it. So, 
is it realistic to think I can like explain that to someone on date three or four? Or, like, I know it's so hard I because with this crazy background. I was going to say like, you can't say it on the first date, but you're already like, even on the fourth date, it's kind of weird. <laughs> so you're basically, but you yeah. know, it's like, yeah. What do you think? Tosh? I mean, I just think it's, it's very challenging, but I think that you seem to have like a really fun perspective on it. I mean, like you just seem to be able to laugh about it. That's all. Right. So you're wondering if this would yeah. be like a weird deal breaker if you told a guy like, listen, just so you know, I'm not that sexually experienced because I was in a uh, a cult and the a worst, Christian cult. the most freaky sexual thing I've ever done. And they're like, oh, like, uh, like, like, did you live underground? Like everyone's going to have all these annoying questions. And right. And you'll say the most freaky yeah. sexual thing I've ever done is I, I gave a missionary a boner once when I Frenched him too hard. <laughs> <laughs> and like. That like is the least. I don't know. Like to have to be a former cult member is like not part of my brand. Like I don't want that to be like what I'm associated with. Like it's like the least sexy thing in the world. I don't know. Um, That's kind of sexy to me. It's like I'm gonna I'm gonna deflower this like Manson girl. There's some. There's yeah, we were just listening to the Manson family tonight. It came up on my Discover Weekly. I mean, if you want it to be sexy, I don't know about you talking about your personal brand. That sounds like a different cult that you've joined. But um, if you want it to be sexy, I mean, there's always a world like if you know you want to sleep with a guy, like when you go on a few dates and you're like, oh, I'm definitely going to sleep with this guy. Are you I don't know where you're at with sex. Are you down to like are you DTF right now? Yeah. Okay. so when you know you want to sleep with him, you could say, uh, just so you know, I was in a religious cult for a while. And as a result, uh, I'm I'm pretty. uh, fucked up sexually and i'm ready for you to fuck that away from me <laughs> something like, i have an idea make it fun what well i just think that you're young and you know this is part of who you are and it seems like you're kind of owning it and you kind of it's really hard to get past that stuff so it's kind of a cool it kind of makes you cool in my opinion so i just think you should be kind of proud of it and just i don't know see who you like and if you feel like telling someone tell them and if you don't wait I don't I don't think it's the deal breaker you think it is. I mean, I think like I know for me, like when I got sober, I would tell people that and they would always be like, that's oh, wow, you went to rehab. That's crazy. That's so cool or whatever. I know it's a little bit more edgy than uh, than the Nexium thing that you were involved with. But like (laughs) I, I just feel like there's so many boring people in the world. The world is like like overflowing with incredibly boring people with nothing to talk about. And you've got a story now. You, I, I feel like I'd be more intrigued. Okay. So I need to, yeah, I, I, I think y'all are right. I feel like it's, I've had some distance from it and I've like gone to therapy and stuff so I can look at it and say like, this was a, a wild experience, but it like doesn't represent my beliefs or like what I know to be true of myself anymore. Yeah. But it seems so, like you're, you're always learning and you're always kind of expanding your mind. So as long as you're challenging and thinking and, you know, staying in therapy, if you feel like you need it, you know, I, I think it's, it's a cool evolution that you're doing. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like, uh, you know, if, if you're dating somebody and you think they're cool, they're going to want to know that part of you. And if you just are it's super casual, then sure, you can keep that to yourself. Who cares? But I don't think that it's as toxic a deal breaker as you think it is. Yeah. I'm actually turned on right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you go on a date and bring it up and let us know what happens? No, wait a second, Sarah. I'm actually turned on right now. I've got a boner and this is your fault. <laughs> Why'd you do this it's to me? Send me money and I'll forgive you. It might be a blessing. Maybe this will be like, it'll help you creatively somehow. All this experience. Yeah, you got a story to tell. And you know, a lot of people don't have a story to tell. So I think that's kind of a turn on, not a turn off. 
and now you're in the city you're in the biggest city in the world you can go uh you can go find a, another fucked up cult member go find a you know what you do here's what you do go down to like williamsburg or to uh to muncie or something like that and find yourself a nice uh fallen off the path jewish hasidic jewish boy that's leaving his old world behind and you guys can uh build a cultural bridge based upon pure sex Nothing brings two people together like shared mutual trauma. Exactly. <laughs> thank you, Sarah. Good luck out there. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. That was interesting. I was. I really wanted to talk to her more about her cult. Well, I mean, the thing, the thing is... And about, you were totally right. What? There's so many boring people. I know. But that's the thing is that when it's your story, you feel ashamed of it. When it's someone hearing your story, they feel fascinated by it. And that, I think, is like... Unless it shows you being like an actively terrible person or something. Right. She I was get, just a victim. I get what she's saying, though. You know, if you're like a young swinging dick dude and somebody's like, actually, I don't have a lot of sexual experience because I was like unbelievably religious. That could be a freaky, sc- scary thing to hear. Right. She's got to find the right guy. Exactly. Someone who's like evolved with a sense of humor. Or at least turned on by damaged women. <laughs> now we enter the secrets portion of the podcast. <laughs> that's cool no it was very natural it was a natural yeah. read thank you i was trying to do like an intro i liked it now we enter the secrets portion of the podcast that you're listening to this is it go for it mine was better uh yeah let's play some secrets hey guys my name's chelsea um I guess this is an ongoing secret uh seeing as it is happening at the moment uh found out last night that my boyfriend uh, tried hitting on my best friend. So little does he know that I'm actually super fucking gay and I'm on my way to go fuck his sister. So <laughs> have a great day. Oh. That is an example. Wait, she's on her way to fuck her his boyfriend's sister. sister. Oh, my God. What a cool life. I get That is an example of a person who's like, well, I'll have you know, I was mildly slighted. <laughs> I was insulted at a party. So I killed his mother. It's... <laughs> But here's my question: Why are they? Why is anyone in a relationship in this world? I don't know because it's why hot. Why do you have a boyfriend and then fuck his sister? Why don't? A better question: Why did she say her name at the beginning of her recording? Is she trying to get busted or is she a dumb dumb? <laughs> I was confused, and she's like, "I'm sure you get these calls all the time." Definitely not, Chelsea. <laughs> Definitely not. Oh, amazing! Can you imagine fucking your boyfriend's sister? And then what was the thing? And then she found out that her boyfriend was fucking her best friend. No. Made a pass at her friend. Uh, yeah. Her boyfriend made a pass at her best friend. And meanwhile, she's fucking. She's sister. having. She's like, I'm so offended. I'm going to continue my months long <laughs> affair with your sister. <laughs> what the fuck? And how she's like, I'm super fucking gay. Why are you in a relationship with this guy? Yeah, let us know. What I want a tangled I wanna, web. Can we do like a part two, Chelsea? I just want to see what else is happening. That is definitely an example of a a, a revenge does not <laughs> does not meet the severity of the original offense. Yeah. Oh man, that's hot though. Can you imagine how horny she must be? If she's <laughs> driving over to her boyfriend's sister's house. Well, all I know is none of this is going to end well. It's not just going to like slowly fade. It's like something is going to erupt and it's going to be bad. Something's bad. Something's going to squirt. (laughs) 
Um, all right. Well, maybe we'll play another one. Yeah, let's do it. Hey, so my secret is, and the worst part is I really don't even know if it's accurate or not, but I'm pretty sure when I was like 23 that I was pregnant and then miscarried at work, but like didn't know. So I think about it every once in a while, but I'm still not sure if that's even what was going down or not. But yeah, so. I like her breezy attitude. It gives me anxiety sometimes. The most glib. Um, Great, thanks miscarriage story i've ever heard i mean i got people in my life who are like it was a baby and it will always be with us she's like i think i might have i don't know if i had a heavy period or if i lost tyler but i think about that sometimes (laughs) i I do i do declare i wistfully think back on that day and i think well i plopped one out i gotta tell you though i think the secret to life is an easy breezy attitude about everything including miscarriage (laughs) and fucking your boyfriend's sister well, I think people, if we're going to get serious for a moment, people probably should have uh, more people like that talking about miscarriage in a more casual way because it happens to so many people. Mm-hmm. And for so, I know it's devastating and it is devastating, but it happens so often to people that there's this whole idea that people should just talk about it way more openly. I don't, I don't know any people who I'm friends with now who had a baby who didn't have a miscarriage. Totally. We had one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, think about I think that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's good to, for people to openly be talking about it. Though. Yeah. I mean, it, you don't have to laugh at it like this last sociopath that just called us, but it's, <laughs> but it is good to talk about it and not to have it be a, a shameful taboo thing because it's not. It's a part of the process. Okay. Let's take another secret. Hey, guys. So about two weeks ago, I had this dream about my co-teacher. You know, we spend eight hours a day working together five days a week. Well, I had a sex dream about her. And pretty good. It was great. So woke up, instantly turned on. I didn't want to, you know, take care of business because my fiance is right there. So <laughs> got ready, took a shower, left for work, and I have a long drive. So about 40 minutes in, I still couldn't stop thinking about this dream I had with my co-teacher. So I stopped at this little church on the side of the road <laughs> and rubbed one out uh, to the thought of the dream. So that when I got to work, I didn't have to, you know, think about the person that I work with, you know. And I can't can't do that. I'm a teacher, so obviously that would create issues. So that's all I got. Have a wonderful day. Long time listener. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Oh man, that was sweet. <laughs> I love that he just gave it to the church to deal with. I know. <laughs> he just go why the church. There's no way that was the only place to pull over. Can you imagine the deacon catching him? <laughs> What are you doing, son? He's like, I'm trying to avoid infidelity. That's what you taught me. It's also oh. funny that like, I hope he lives in a town where everybody has that accent. Because if he doesn't, it's like, uh, I think they're going to be able to figure it out based on the clues that you're giving. Hey, how you doing? I live in a small town where nobody talks like this. And I have a co-teacher and a fiance. And on my drive to work, there's a little teeny town at church. I hope nobody knows who I am. Oh man, I I feel like he's he's I feel like he's gonna cheat on his wife. No, I don't. Oh really? I was just gonna say the opposite that that guy did the right thing, with the exception of the church. Which I did. <laughs> that just seemed like a fuck you to God. I don't know what that was about. With the exception of the church, it seems like he did the right thing the whole time. You can't control who you dream about and who you get horny about. 
you probably feel some weirdness about jerking off next to your fiance thinking of the, your co-teacher. So you, you go to work, but you stop yourself from going to work still turned on. But the co-teacher is someone he spends all day with. Right. So what he doesn't want to do is he doesn't want to go to work with the co-teacher with the thought of having sex with her in his brain and that pre-orgasm energy floating, swirling ah, in his balls. I see. Because you got that pre-orgasm energy, you can convince yourself that anything is a good idea. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you might end up doing something stupid. So what you, like I've had situations where I've been thinking about doing something sexually stupid and I'll go jerk off to get the idea out of my head. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. That's like a thing every guy does. You know, you think about sleeping with somebody you shouldn't, you know what I mean? Whatever. You go, if you can get yourself to the bathroom and you can, if you just force yourself in Wait, there. Wait, do you guys like jerk off in public restrooms like at a Thai restaurant? Are people like jerking off into the toilet? I've definitely jerked off in a public place if I was trying and to avoid doing something stupid. And then in the urinals, can, yeah, someone, sure. can like another dude walk in and someone's just jerking off into a urinal? <laughs> I don't think it quite works like that, but it's a, a hot fantasy. <laughs> I mean, you don't... Honey, if you're going to jerk off... I'm just curious off, what you guys are up to. Well, you thought there was a possibility that when a man is overwhelmed with horniness, he dips into the bathroom to jerk off, looks at the stall with a door and a lock on it, and is like, nah, I'll just do it here at this <laughs> urinal. Hopefully nobody comes in. Well, maybe... Isn't there only like one place to shit and sometimes someone's in there? Well, you wait. I don't think it's... I mean, it's not like having to pee. Yeah, but you're waiting. Are you? Are your feet facing the um, toilet? <laughs> What? Like, are you facing the toilet or are you like sitting down? Oh, when you jerk off? When you, because no, women aren't jerking off in urinals. <laughs> but there's no urinal. But you're saying. Okay, women aren't jerking off in public restrooms. You never jerked off at work or anything like that? Maybe once, but that was like I had like a private bathroom. Oh, okay. Now, well, which direction were your feet facing? <laughs> one was on the top did of you the have, toilet. Did you really? <laughs> Probably. Did you have one hand on the tampon dispenser, the other, <laughs> and one foot on the sink, <laughs> hoping nobody walked in? <laughs> I would say I've done both. I've sat down and I've stood up. Wow. Standing up, that's a much more of an emergency jerk. Mm-hmm. If you're standing up, you're like, this has to happen now. And that's like a five stroker. Mm-hmm. That's like a pad, 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 pad. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And then it's immediate. The rush of sanity comes into your brain the moment, the moment. I used to have a joke about it in my act. I go, the, the, like the moment you, you ejaculate, the, there's no more profound moment of clarity in a man's life than the moment after he has an orgasm. It's like in the act I say, it's like, ah, why didn't I go to graduate school? Comedy was a terrible idea. I say that that it's actually uh, it's because semen is actually made of bad ideas. It's made of bad ideas and cloudy judgment, which is why it's cloudy colored. Not everybody knows that. (laughs) So I think this is a decent guy, actually, Okay. because he was trying to both not betray his wife by jerking off next door and also not go to work all horny and do something stupid with his co-teacher. All right. I got a co-teacher, so I made a deposit in the coffers of the Lord. But what happens after like two years of co-teaching with her? Well, hopefully you figure out how to get over it or you ask for an assignment in a different classroom. You really think he's going to hook up with her? I don't know. If you have a crush on someone you see every day, that seems challenging. I, hear crush, that. I don't know. For me, crushes grow. But maybe for a man, they can just jerk off at the side of the road and, and the get rid of the crush. Goes, that's called, you know what that's called? <laughs> that's called a crush bust. <laughs> well, because if I thought about it, like, I've had crushes at work and they were, they were, you know, sexual, like, in nature, like, you know, like, or, you know, 
sexually urgent or it felt like that. But then I also fantasized about like being with the person. Not at work at your upcoming CBS sitcom, right? No, Mosh. That hasn't happened yet. I'm saying, but you did the pilot taping with the most handsome man I've ever seen as your love interest. And I'm just hoping that that's not your crush because he is very handsome. No, it's not that, honey. I don't think I could compete. I think you could. Uh, listen, he's so hot, you guys. On the way to Natasha's pilot taping, I had to pull over at a small synagogue and rub one out. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take another call. Now we're calling Jeremy and Mary-Kate in Brooklyn. Hello? Jeremy. Moshe. Jeremy. (laughs) And Mary Louise, what's her name? Mary Kate. It's Mary Mary Kate. Kate. (laughs) Hi. Hi, you guys. It's been a while since we've had a couple. We're pretty happy to have you guys on. Yeah, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. We're glad to be on. Yeah, where'd you guys meet? How long have you been together? Um, Oh, man, that's a complicated question. We met in college. You tell it, honey. Uh-huh. <laughs> we met in college about 10 years ago, and we dated unsuccessfully a few times. Um, so this time around, we've been <laughs> together for about six years. But married for only uh, two, years. two years. Cool. So what's going on? How can we help you? Well, we're having a baby, which is uh, a little scary. Mazel tov. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. We're really pumped. It's really exciting. Um, yeah, we found out Mary's pregnant like uh, three months ago, mm-hmm. three months ago, and we got six months ago, and we're just not really sure, like, if you want to keep it or where to start. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Natasha, well yeah. done. Is it too late? <laughs> uh, no, there are certain states that you can still get that handled. <laughs> no, but what, what, sorry, what is, what are you, you're not sure about what? So what we want to know, we're the first people in our group of friends to really have a baby, um, and we just want to know, like, how we can mentally prepare ourselves um, and, like, and, you know, like, maintain a good relationship with each other. We don't want to just, like, go crazy when we have this baby. Yeah, we don't know what stuff to get, when to not get. Like, we don't know if we need a like a bassinet and a diaper genie. And, Wait, right. you want know, us like, to answer things so much- like that? <laughs> <laughs> How do we prepare There's mentally? I'll just like send you some of my old stuff. Yeah, I have do... some like baby Bjorns and like. You want to know how do you prepare mentally? <laughs> how do you steel yourself to not fight as a couple, but also a specific shopping list on whether or not you should buy a bassinet and diapers? <laughs> like a bulleted list would be really, or an Amazon registry. Could you send me? Oh, yeah, I could send you an Amazon link to uh, the area where you search books and you could look up parenting and press <laughs> click and then you could buy one. So you want general parenting advice? Yeah. So I'm scared. M- Moshe, what yeah. is, yeah, what is the... So. What is the biggest thing you've learned from being a parent, Moshe? Well, here's what I here here are the two t- here's the three stories that I'll no here's the two <laughs> bits of tidbits of information, Jeremy, that I will say specifically to you as a father. There were two things that I found oh. very 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 gratifying uh, and, and and important. One thing I didn't know and wish I did, and one thing that uh, that I was glad I knew. The first thing is. They keep telling you, the, the world keeps telling you that the moment the baby is born, you're going to like look down at it and you're going to be like, oh my God, my 
baby, my scion is here. It, this is the moment that I've been living for. And you're going to like fall in love with it. And you're going to like feel th this. Like mothers have a different situation because it's so physical and it's so connected to them that I feel like they ha they do have this kind of inherent connection because it's literally in them. But, but I feel like there's all this expectation for the moment the baby pops out that you're going to look down and just go like, this is it. I've never felt love like this. I would say my primary feeling when I met our kid was uh, the moment was confusion. I wasn't even scared. I was just like, what is this? And then I felt like, oh no, maybe I'm not supposed to be a father. Like, because I didn't have this feeling that I kept hearing people talk about, like this this momentary feeling, and it just wasn't there. Can I ask you a question, Mosh? Yeah. Do you have it now? I have it big time now. Oh, okay, good. But I've lost it. <laughs> but I've lost it actually. the The interesting thing is, I have it big time now, but I lost it hardcore for you when you asked me that question just now. <laughs> <laughs> well no because it was funny because i was just trying to think of what i was gonna say and what i was gonna say was the thing that you're describing <laughs> you want to love your child well just that i can't believe how much i love it <laughs> no but i'm afraid i'll look at her and i won't cry and i'd like to but i'm not i'm not sure i will exactly I'm jeremy that's I what i'm cry at the beginning that's either. what i'm talking well you were on drugs natasha you puked which is similar to crying it's a bodily fluid coming out of you and that was cool to watch but no the that that's exactly what I'm talking about, Jeremy, is that the world has given you this narrative that you're supposed to have a very specific emotional reaction to the first split second that you meet your child. And and then you think, oh, if I don't cry, that means I don't love it. And I'm not supposed to be a father. That's bullshit. Now, I could tell every father in the world that, that, that it's bullshit. It's like, you don't have to worry about loving your kid. That's natural and it's going to happen. It's not about the first second. It's about what happens second two to seconds, 700,090. So that's my first bit of advice. What do you think, Natasha? I got another thing I'll come back to. You can keep going. Well, the second thing I'll is... I'll just roast your next piece of advice. <laughs> the second thing I would say to both of you is, this is just more practical advice. Your baby will uh will be immobile for three full months right it will not be able to move it will sleep and drink milk and that's it it'll just lay on its back like a stupid little baby they call and, it the fourth trimester right and my friend Is that normal it might, oh, it's very normal and it will happen it would be very very abnormal if that wasn't true if you look down <laughs> and you see your two-month-old doing push-ups and crunches you gotta fucking get out of your house seriously that's a demon spot <laughs> Uh, I'll email you if that happens. Yeah, please don't. I I, I don't want to be complicit in this crime. Um, but so my friend Alex Blagg told me, take advantage of that time. Don't feel guilty about watching tons of Netflix, laying around, doing whatever you want while your baby just lays there because eventually your baby will get up and it will never sit back down again. You will never, ever, <laughs> ever have that kind of peace again. So take advantage of that. What do you think, Tosh? Uh, just enjoy the ride. Do your own thing. Well, like what? I just mean like do it your way. You know, don't get too caught up in anything. And obviously parts are going to suck and parts are going to be cool and you guys will figure stuff out. And I don't know. I mean, I think everyone has to do their own thing. Yeah, I agree with that. Because it's like everyone has a different situation. You might have family. You just have to make it work for you with the, your situation. Another pr bit of practical advice is make a friend who had a baby very recently. Well, what I have found generally is the people that had babies years ago, they're worthless. They're stupid. They're old. They, for 
They've forgotten everything. That's so true. They just don't know anything about. So you got to find a, a, a somebody who had a baby like six months ago or a year ago. Uh, especially have somebody six months ahead of you because they'll be able to give you advice the entire time. Totally. Yeah. Mm. I'm trying to think what else we should tell you. Also, get a snoo. <laughs> there's like a robotic. Get a what? There's this robotic bassinet that uh, it's really expensive, so you might not be able to afford it. But if you can afford it, we got sent one for free, which is pretty pretty awesome. But they're like twelve hundred bucks. But anyway, it, you put it you, you put it into the thing, you strap it up, and it when your baby starts to cry, it starts to shake. And then if your baby cries harder, it shakes harder. And if the baby starts to cry harder, it shakes even harder to the degree that you think it's dangerous. And then if it goes harder than that, you get a text message on your phone going, yo, dude, your baby's fucked up. Go be a parent. It's it- like a red alert. <laughs> Good luck, guys. And, and don't, uh, you know, don't hesitate to name the baby after one of us. Yeah. Or even just name it Endless, <laughs> endless Honeymoon. But the real name after a combination of both your names. Oh, like that's Motasha is a, a great idea. We love it. Well, here's the real uh, the best advice is that you can't really prepare. Read books, read a couple books, but just get ready for like a real adventure and don't worry too much. Try to avoid the, avoid the deliberate manufacture of misery. Moshe's talking to me right now. All right, thank you guys so much. <laughs> Good luck, you guys. Appreciate it. They were sweet. Yeah, no, they were. I mean, you didn't really give them any advice though i know i got really emotional oh well they would want to hear that i know but you know also like when you were saying the thing that you didn't have those feelings i did i do have those feelings like really intensely and it's hard to talk about well i mean i think mary kate would probably want to hear something from the mom okay i have some advice for her i'm gonna call her back you want to call them back yes can we okay Hey, listen, listen, we never called anybody back before, but Natasha thought of some (laughs) advice that she wanted to give you guys. Well, it's just that, you know, being a mother is just very personal and it's, it's hard for me to talk about. I, you know, I get very emotional, but if I had to give you any advice, Mary Kate, I would just say like, as a, as a, someone who's about to have a baby, um, I think that you should schedule your (laughs) C-section. It's just much okay, better. That's noted. Okay. That's pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. What, why? Why would you schedule a C-section? Um, it's just, it was just easier for me. I didn't have to have an emergency one. So it was like, didn't have to be cut all jagged. And uh, Haven't you gotten compliments on your scar? I got compliments on my scar. And I have amazing pictures because I scheduled it for 10 a.m. And by 10.07, I had a baby. That's right. We walked in 9.45, 10.07, we were parents. <laughs> Here's actually the other cool thing about a, a C-section um, that as for the dad, I've said this to you before, Natasha, because if you guys do have a C-section, uh, b- because you, Mary Kay, you'll be on so many drugs, it they immediately hand the baby to you, Jeremy. They hand the baby to the dad. And like like I said, the bonding for a mother and a, and a, and a baby is so easy, not easy, but it's just so natural that... If there's something cool about the the hospital enforcing two or three hours of bonding between like for me that was really powerful like she, Natasha was out of it she was like you know pissing the bed pissing the bed and talking about things that didn't go right in her childhood and stuff like that <laughs> and so I was just like left with this baby and just like oh my god I left 
with this baby. I and then I just had to like be with the baby and and it was really a nice time. I and then he handed the baby over to me as soon as I could like piss in a toilet and went to the spa. I needed to clean up a little bit. <laughs> you know what else was funny? He literally went to the spa. Though. I'll tell you I'll tell you another story, Jeremy and Mary Kate. Yeah. I was watching the baby for like two hours while Natasha was pissing. And it wasn't just piss, by the way. Uh, no, it was. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it, it, and the, the, the nurse finally came and was like, I have to give the baby a bath. And I, w- I handed the baby over and I walked across the street and I ate four enchiladas. And then I went to the donut shop and I ate three buttermilk donuts. <laughs> I was like eating I, I'm all of the anxiety of the moment away. Oh, that's so cute, Moshe. Wait. You had the baby with you? No, they took the. They'll take the baby away to go give it a bath, and that's yeah. Your... The baby doesn't get to have enchiladas two hours <laughs> into its life. Oh, it doesn't get to eat. Oh man, you guys really. That do would need be help. something that a, that a guy would yeah. think, though. He like strapped her into a little like Bjorn. You want an enchilada, <laughs> little baby? <laughs> um, okay, well, I hope that was helpful. Schedule your C-section. <laughs> Don't believe the natural birth myth. Just kidding, guys. And breastfeed for three weeks. Okay, okay good luck so out much. there. Thank you. Thanks for calling back. That was fun. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Yeah, Tosh, uh, this has been a good one. I've enjoyed it. I can't wait to go camping with you. We've got 14 days on the road ahead of us. It's going to be fun. Oh, and we have a live podcast in Denver. That's true. That's true. So hopefully we'll have already done that when this comes out. And you will hear how it went next week. But listen, before that, we have an adventure before us. And before that, Tosh. Is this where I say I love you? No, I was about to say it. You want to say it first? No. You don't? You can. Go. I love you, Mosh. Love you too, Tosh.